Sunday Sessions is back, and you know what time it is. It is time to get real raw and unfiltered about the Black experience in professional wrestling. If you are new here and you don't know what to do, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe so that you never miss an update and you never miss Sunday Sessions Volume 2 episode drop. Every episode is going to drop on a Sunday in February in honor of Black wrestlers and Black History Month. But around here, we we Black 365, okay? We, we Black Monday through Sunday. We Black on Christmas Day. We Black on Jesus' birthday. It's all Black everything. Thank you for coming back, having these conversations with us. I can't wait to share all of my amazing guests with you for volume two. Stay tuned. Make sure you don't miss an episode and make sure you're following me on all social media so that you can stay tuned for all of the up to dates and back to scene information that will be dropping on all of my other platforms. Tonight in Sunday Sessions, volume two, episode five, we have four amazing, talented professional wrestling veterans. Um, 80 years of combined professional wrestling experience on this call alone. I'm here with Mr. Nafam Barrington Hughes, the incredible Huck, Will Huckabee, the definition of fly, Black G's, and the King Silverback, Mr. Ali Steele. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. What's for going being on? Here. Hey, Thanks girl. For What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, yo? Thanks for. Thanks for joining. Um, as I mentioned, you guys are all my vets. So this is really important for me to have these conversations, um, not only so that people can get a sense of what our experience is like, but also so, so that people can get a sense of what, how the experience has changed over time. On this call along, alone, we have so many people who started at different points, you know, so your experience is gonna be a lot different from beginning through where you are now, because none of us are at the end of our careers. So we're gonna be diving into that. And our topic tonight, our first one is going to be standards and practices. We'll get into what that means a little bit later. And our second topic is gonna be all skin folk and kin folk, self-explanatory, but we will also get into that a little bit later. But for our historical moment, because education is elevation, uh, we're going to talk about Aja Kong. I know everybody knows who that is. And if you don't, please make sure that you do your Googles and check your cage match because she is my wrestling hero um, and one of the women who honestly paved the way for my experience and the experience of many other Black women wrestlers in Japan. Um, so I'm going to give you guys a little info about Kong. And if you guys have info that you know, feel free to jump in because, again, education is elevation. And I don't know what y'all know. I don't know your lives. But originally born Erika Shishido, she is hafu. And in Japan, that means she's half Japanese, half something else. So her dad's actually Black. He's deceased, but he was in the military and met her mom. And she was born September 25th in 1970. And she is actually the founder of Hypervisual Fighting Arson. Now, they are defunct. They are renamed AZ, which is run now by Yukumo Hota. But I don't know, actually, if she's doing that, like, as a continuous thing or if, like, that was just a specialized thing she took over. Um, but that was active from 97 to 2003. Their first event was called Virgin, and it was held in February of 2008 to a sold-out crowd. Um she was actually the champion of my home company in Japan, World Women Pro Wrestling Dana. She was a heavyweight champion um, for two terms. And she was 
was trained from her very Japan centric. And so growing up, she had a lot of struggles being half black and half Japanese. And her mom actually had to put her in karate to defend against being bullied because she was bullied from about fifth grade until she graduated high school, just because she was very athletic and she was half black. Um, but now in wrestling, she's known as Aja Soma, which is like a very high regarded name that they give to someone in the wrestling community there. Um, she was a part of the Atrocious Alliance. Um, that's the uh, heel stable that Dump Matsumoto founded. And she was actually the 1995 WWF Survivor Series winner. She was being built up at that time, if you remember, against Alondra Blaze. But when Alondra dumped the belt in the trash can, that kind of scrapped the whole buildup for her. And they, after that, the women's division was pretty much eradicated. So she lost her momentum over here in the States, but she's never stopped wrestling in Japan. Um, she actively wrestles with Oz Academy, uh, World Women Pro Wrestling Deanna, Sendai Girls, um, Seedling, so many promotions. She's so well-known, respected, and regarded. Um, in 2004, her and Ama she was uh, Amazing Kong's debut match in Japan. And they later on went to form a tag team called W Kong. And they defeated uh, Shigusa Nagayo and Lioness Asuka for the AAAW Tag Championships in May of 2004. And more recently, y'all have seen her on AEW. Um, I think it was her, Emmy, who was it? And Yuka, yes, her, Emmy, and Yuka versus Hikiru Shida, Ryo, and Ryo Mizunami um, for that tag match and then in fe back in February she would went all the way to the semis but she lost to Rayo Mizunami um again as well huge legend um one of the coolest people I have ever had the honor of sharing a ring with and meeting I was a total creep when I met her in Japan because I was just very overwhelmed and starstruck um but she was very gracious to me and I will always appreciate the doors that she opened for me as a black woman in Japan um because up until that time Kong was the only other black woman who went over for such an extended <clears throat> period. And she, Kong, Aja Kong was the one who opened that door for all of us. So that is our historical moment. Um, much blessings and grace and honor given to uh, the amazing Aja Kong. So, who's that? Who's talking guys? That's me. Yeah, how about guys? I was saying oh. definitely, definitely, yeah. like definitely. Definitely a legend, a legend in pro wrestling. I had no idea that she was half black. I didn't know that at all. You know, what I mean? really? Yeah, I, I had no idea. You know, what I'm saying so. I can imagine the struggle she went through her whole career, her whole life. You know, what I'm saying so. It was, it was cool to learn all of that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Huck. I was gonna say like the fact that she's she's biracial, and the fact that I guess as a as a culture as a community as black wrestlers. Like, we've never embraced her and said, hey, she's one of us. Um, mm -hmm. It, it kind of brings up two questions. Like, is it one, just because we as Black people don't know that she's biracial? Or, mm -hmm. is, it, or is it two, is it kind of what I call the rock rule? Where it's, yeah, you're biracial, but, but right. up your other race. I, I don't know which one it would be. Honestly, with, with on this one, I, I don't believe... Um, a lot of us knew that she was biracial because I didn't. I've seen her. Yeah. But I just didn't know that she was biracial. Um, she definitely is like... You know, you look at a lot of people... Wonder, what do you say? What do you say, Dot? 
I'm trying to figure out what he said. <laughs> okay, not ego, then Huck, you go. Rain it and Okay. Not. Like I, I just don't I just don't know, like uh because as a community, we are, you know, as black wrestlers, we are um we're cultivating, you know what I mean? Like if we see somebody else that's that's kind of struggling, we do. We deal with them, you know what I mean? We we right. fight with them like that. Like we'll we'll pull them aside, man, and try to try to bring them in because I think all of us know we've all been shunned a little bit. We've all been looked at it a little bit. I know I would have I would have been proud. You know what I'm saying? I had no clue. I'm I'm like him, man. I, I didn't know that she was biracial. I just thought she was brutal. You know what I mean? I was like, right. you know, I just <laughs> didn't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I, I, I take a little bit from it uh, because she was forced to be a heel. You know what I mean? She was forced to be a heel because of her biracial. Uh, coming <laughs> Raise up. your hand if you were forced to be a heel because you're brown. <laughs> Hey, I can tell you now, I've been in this business 21 years, and for 21 years, they've been like, oh, he's the big black guy. Hey, he's me. Don't get me wrong, I do it well, but it's been like that from straight out of training. Hey, I'm about to say, I know Ali and G's definitely know this, like back 15 years ago, 16 years ago, when I broke in, like there was two black guys in the locker room. Either you had a tag team or they wrestled each other. And, and Ronnie, mm -hmm. we had this conversation where a promoter actually told me, like, yo, I don't need more than one black guy on the show because they're an attraction, like midgets or female wrestlers. You know, and if I bring in another black wrestler, I've got to get I've got to get rid of you. Yeah. So is that what you have to do? That's what you Yeah, I mean, and like uh like years ago when I when I came to CZW, um, the only other black wrestler there was Ruckus. So of course. When I got to CZW, of course, you, you're going to put the two black guys together. You know what I'm saying? It all it all worked out, but you know what I'm saying? It's crazy how, like, that's the first thing you think. All right, we got two black guys. Um, we got Ruckus and we got Little Ruckus here. You know what I'm saying? Put them both together, you know? Mm -hmm. It's crazy how, like, that's been the mindset where if this guy, if this, if this wrestler is just not black, you know what I'm saying? You can have all, you can have, like, 20 to 30 of them. You know what I'm saying? And all of them pretty much, all, all of them, a lot of times, they look alike, they have the same gimmick, they move the same, all of that. You know what I'm saying? But if you have, like, more than one black guy, it's like, oh, well, what, we don't know what to do with you. Why, why don't you? You know what I'm saying? Why don't you? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy to me, you know? And, and that, hey. stuff, that, stuff, that stuff still goes on to this day, you know? When I broke in in 2000, when I walked into a Fresh out of training, I'm going to say that. Fresh out of training, walking into a locker room, every white dude, with the exception of C.W. Anderson, had long hair or a mullet. Mm -hmm. They all were wearing those, those cargo pants trying to be the Hardy Boys. Like, it was all one look. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, when I broke was, in, go ahead. I say, when I broke in, everybody was wearing those pleather pants. <laughs> And everybody like every the trash bag looking ones. I wore the trash bag. Hey, I just pulled those out. I wore the trash bag. I had them too. I had them yeah. too. <laughs> I had them. I had them because like uh when I when I started, yo, like I, I I had I looked like a straight backyarder though. You know what I'm saying? Because like when I started, I was I was real tiny and like 
Like when I started, I was like, I'm never, I'm never wearing tights. I'm never wearing trunks. It's not going to happen. Cause, cause you know what I'm saying? I was just tiny. I was smart. Like now I was worried about what people would say if I wear tights and like trunks and all that. You know what I'm saying? Then it just, it kept being told to me, you got to You got to get some type of gear. You got to, you know what I'm saying? So I went with the pleather. I, I rocked the pleather for a while until, you know what I'm saying? Until, until I started, you know what I'm saying? Getting confident started working on my body or whatever then i started looking more professional but at first though it was backyarder than the pleather you know what i'm saying <laughs> I started Barrington. Off as a backyarder. <laughs> Barrington, when you when you broke in what was the climate like for black wrestlers i broke in about a decade after all of these gentlemen here 2011 um it was interesting it was a very volatile environment wasn't very welcoming of black people or plus size people like myself. Um, I'll say maybe the first three years, like Florida was not fucking with me at all, at all. If I wasn't doing the angry, the angry villain or the dancing fat man, they wasn't trying to book me. Ah, uh, yes, dancing. Beat the fuck up because they felt like you don't belong here. Get the fuck out of here. You know I what don't I mean? Mean- can I, can, I, can I say something? I remember seeing Barrington or seeing like pictures of uh, pictures and video of Barrington around 2012, 2013. And like he was like, of course, he's he's huge. And in my mind, I think because I've been conditioned, I was I automatically like, oh man, this is like he's like Kamala or you'll say any other big black wrestler like Vader. And uh, I remember talking to a promoter in North Carolina about bringing in Barrington and working. It's like, hey, we can put him with whoever. You know what I'm saying, and just have him working with me. And at the time, I think I was teaming up with uh, with with this white guy, whatever. Uh, and the promoter was just like, "What are we gonna do with?" You know, it was like, "We, you know, we want a big black guy. We can get the gorillas." And I was like, "Let's talk about man," because it's like at his size, putting really I'm, this box. I'm from Hulk. Y'all got a lot of snow up there for him. Okay. Oh, pick back up. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I know you were like mid thought, but is there any way we can kind of roll that back so I can kind of uh, splice it together? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, you know, around about when you heard the recording uh, stopped. Breaking stereotypes. Well, we were talking about uh, getting together and actually getting with somebody that could actually move also, who was supposed to be stereotypically the big black man who, like he said, dances and and uh but he moves well and stereotypically we have to be angry about something and normally it's about a white guy or or whatever um it can't just be about we're going for the title like everybody else or we're trying to we want the prestige of being a champion it can't be that but I was told a couple of times like hey man we're gonna bring him in he's he's huge you know he's he's a he's a phenomenal worker I wanted it. I was like, please. But then it it never happened, man. So um, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was, but it was it was a dream. It was too much black. Right. Well, that's that's probably exactly. Hey, Ronnie, I'm gonna tell you (laughs) a fun fact. You ready? What? So I'm gonna tell you a fun fact. Me and Ali have only been in the ring, shared the ring one time. One time we've shared the ring. Like we've only been the ring together one time. It was Ali. We was down that in like was down in Rose 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 Rose. 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 R
Yeah, like down in like the Fayetteville area. Like really, it was yeah. one match. Yeah. I was super excited. Uh, like, of course, he's the vet. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm like, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to be, and I'll be there. And Ali was like, no, let's get some of your stuff in too. So like, Ali lets me like give him this huge bump and stuff, man. I take the huge right hand, uh, which I've kind of stolen from him in my later years and stuff. I'm kind of taking the punch from him because uh, now my punch looks better. <laughs> but uh, but piggybacking the way he was like, you would have thought if if me and Ali and like me and Joe Black and then the Gorillas would have came out in like 2017, 2018. Oh, God. Um, those two feuds would have been up and down the East Coast, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because yeah. we were booked based on our talent and not on our right. skin color. And right. the right. fact that we the fact that we all kind of came into the business around 2000, 2005, it was, oh, it's four black guys. Either they're a stable, like the Nation of Domination, which is what like every white promoter says. When they get right. black guys together, they're like, oh, well, you can be like our version of the Nation of Domination. They've uh, said that so many times about the gorillas. Everything's yeah. got to be like the nation. Yeah, so either we would have been a stable or they would have gotten rid of one of us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's a shame that luckily this generation of wrestlers and stuff and promoters and bookers are smarter than that. And they book talent based on talent in most places. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show like 15, 20 years ago, this this group of gentlemen, myself, Ali, Barrington, and Black G's and stuff, like we've never been allowed to be in the same locker room. Right. Mm-hmm. So you hit on something that's really um, prevalent, but only with us, is that quota. Is there, but there's never a quota. You can look at 85 generic white wrestler number one, with the same high spots, trunks, knee pads, and boots. And that's the card. And then everyone wants black wrestlers for next month. Everybody wants one match with maybe one wrestler who's black, or if it's two black wrestlers, there has to be some sort of like really deep and conflict, dramatic story told that's epic of black versus black. Like it can never be a good match. It can't ever be a good story. It always has to be extra. Whereas most of our white counterparts don't face that. So back in when y'all broke in, what was that like? I'm going to start with G's and then I'll hop to Ali. Well, I mean, like for years, I mean, like even before I got in and then, uh, then along when I got in, it was always like, the characters that black guys could have is it's like the athletic black guy or the angry black guy. You know what I'm saying? It's never the um it was never the um the intelligent one. You know what I'm saying? Uh if 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 you if it was the black guy that's trying to be the intelligent black guy, it was just looked at like oh, nobody's gonna believe that, you know what I mean? And and that, and that's crazy. You know what I mean? I mean, luckily it's 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 not like that now. But back then, it definitely was like you could if 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 you if you told a promoter that nah this is this is the gimmick I want you know what I'm saying and you show and and the character is you wearing a suit like how like how her business is now like back when I came in like if anybody if any black guy wanted to do that like I it, it wouldn't have been accepted you know what I'm saying it 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 would it was because it was a lot of closed mindedness back then 
You know what I mean? And then it, it was just crazy. It, it, it and it was it was frustrating. Like like I've had like years of frustration because I'll come up, I'll want to do ideas and it's like frowned upon. And then somebody else will get to do that idea that doesn't look like us. You know what I mean? So it, it was just it was just like really crazy. A lot of closed mindedness. A lot of a lot of BS when I started. You know that that I'm sure all of y'all dealt with. You know. I want to piggyback on what he said. I hate to say I'm piggybacking because I'm damn near 400 pounds. But um, he hit the nail on the head. When I started in 2000, you got to pick the name. Okay. So I picked Ali Steele. He's uh, face for it. was a super Ali Steele. Simple, right? Well, then they go, well, what, what's your gimmick going to be? And then they hit me with what you said. Well, you know, you could always do the athletic gimmick. <laughs> I was, I didn't know. I was fresh in. So I was like, athletic gimmick? Then I was like, oh, I'll be a boxer. Well, I get what, I get what a couple of guys outside of this training facility, they tell me, write my backstory. And this is what I tell everybody that I talk to now, the young guys coming up, write your backstory. So I write my backstory out and all this other crap. Well, all they could see, everybody, they wanted me to be this. Um, at first, they wanted me to be like the bad. They said, oh, well, if you're going to be a boxer, why don't you be like Mike Tyson? Now, they didn't want me to be super, uh, super fierce and, and, and quick and fast and athletic and, and um, tenacious in the ring. They wanted me to be the, all the bad stuff that Mike was. They wanted me to go around trying to bite people and, and do all this dirty stuff. That's what they wanted me to do. Now, if I'm not going to do that, well, then, well, you can be like Muhammad Ali, but just do the Parkinson side. Do, 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 his, do, do his talk real funny and, 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 and pick up on, on all, his, all his deficiencies now that he's sick. Really? What? What about me? Yeah, that's, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you know where I'm coming from. So right. here's the thing was, it was cool to be like a stereotypical kind of gimmick, right? Big, mean, all this stuff, but be dumb. I couldn't play the... I couldn't... I kept wanting to do like this cunning, kind of smart, kind of... I'm a, you know, I'm more slick than I am uh, uh, Neanderthalish. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to go in and... I'm not mad at you because you're white. Oh, I'm not mad at you because you took my EBT card. What I'm mad at you is because we have a business deal. You were supposed to pay me however much money to get this title. Or, hey, I want to be a, a hitman for hire like they do with everybody else. Um, something that was more cunning. So I learned real fast that I played a game. When I realized I could get on my own and do what I wanted, I did that. Now you have a lot of promoters that would put you, like he said, when you get into the, you get into a promotion, you walk into the locker room. I was singles for, I was doing singles for 11 years. You know what I mean? So I'm going, I walk in every time you walk in. And like you said, if there's more than one black person there, all of a sudden you're in a faction. What? Now I always took it as a lot of times it'd be new guys, right? So if you get me in there with some new guys, I'm going to do what I do. And that's, pass on every piece of knowledge that I have onto this new guy to try to make him better. So when he leaves out of here, 
he goes into the next show with some kind of with game, basically, and making himself better so that we can all look better. And I've always done that part. But it absolutely pissed me off beyond measure that you could not be the smart guy. You like right. he said, you couldn't you couldn't wear a suit. You couldn't like you couldn't come through. Hell, I just had recently, I just had recently, I wanted to go out to a show, congratulate some guys for winning and beating us, the gorillas. I wanted to pull the whole Ric Flair and uh and, and Terry Funk. Go out, congratulate them, tell them all that stuff. I mean, it was going to be, you'd have been proud, Ronnie. It was going to be a production. I was going to put on an Emmy. Hey, I was going to get an Oscar. You know I'm about That's what I'm saying. I was going to perform. Nobody could see past it. Nobody could see the two that we were dealing with. They couldn't see it. They just wanted us to just do a run-in. That's what angry black guys do. Just do a run-in. Right. They didn't want to sit there and let me tell them, hey, congratulations, because they had just, they didn't know, not only did they did they take our titles in that promotion, they had, we had history. A couple months prior, they had taken titles from us in, in Virginia. So we had all kinds of stuff we could have talked about. Right. A story and all, could and be all, told. A story could be told, man. Mm-hmm. But it was like, just be, just be the angry gorillas. Now, that's yeah. partially our fault for calling ourselves gorillas, but, you know. Still, I I mean, just because, come on, man, I don't know, but it's been like that. And I had to learn really fast to, um, to play the game with them because there's one thing about this game here. Now it's not, it's not the old school product that it was. So as many rights as they give, they've given everybody else we can stand up and we can be unapologetically black. We can be unapologetically whoever we want to be. You know, so I say to, to Jesus, hey, if there's something that you want to do, bro, do it. Do it. Because they're not going to, they can't stop you now. Oh, yeah. I mean, first, definitely. Definitely. I like, mean, when so, we started so, the gorillas. Go ahead. Go ahead. But so, so, so do, but you still new. You're still green. You, st- you haven't proven yourself. So you sort of got to deal with the BS for a while. But then as you get better, as you get more confident, you get your name out there more. And then, hell, as you as you just get to the point where you're like, nah, I'm not dealing with it anymore. You you, you do you. And then you end up being looked at like a hothead. You, be, you, you looked at as unprofessional. Even if you're not doing anything unprofessional. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it could be – it could, and this is what I've dealt with for years. Like, um. You could just be a like a like a you could just have like a, a dominating presence on the mic and in the, in the locker room or whatever. And it's not you're not even trying to be that way. That's just how you are as a man. You know what I'm saying? So right. people see that and they get scared. So and they and a lot of times they 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 haven't even had an interaction with you. They haven't had a negative interaction with you. They just scared of you. So they put it out there like, oh yeah, he's a problem. And they never even talk to you. And then <laughs> friends of and then <laughs> friends of theirs. Friends of theirs will believe it, and then friends of theirs will believe it. Next thing you know, you're trying to get on these different these different shows, and you either your messages get left on read, or you know what I'm saying you just don't get booked. And it's because somebody said something about you, and it's a lie. That that's happened a lot. You know what I mean? And it, and it's crazy. It, it, it's crazy how like if you're like strong at talking, getting your point across, 
people that's on our side of the guardrail, they look at you as a problem. Like that's the fans are supposed to think that we're in the same business. The camera is on. You know we playing a character when the camera is on, right? You know it's a work, right? You know what I mean? Right. But a lot of it's a lot of clowns in this game, man. And it's 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 unfortunate. It, it's ridiculous. And then well, a lot of times like say? What the Ronnie? streets be saying, Huck, about you? Oh, I'm about to say, Ronnie, who's that sound like, Ronnie? Right. I was about to say, that sound like you. That don't sound like me. I don't know. I don't he know. That sound like you. He just spoke about my entire wrestling career. Jeez, I swear that's exactly my entire wrestling career. Like, <laughs> when I broke in, it was black guys was one of two things. And I tell people, either you were Tupac or you were Carlton Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first broke into the business, I had this gimmick that was like remixes and stuff. And I... I came out, I literally wore, came out wearing like a, a custom tee that had my gimmick name on that had like on Dickie shorts. You know what I'm saying? And I came out wrestling like in the Air Force ones because that's what I wore. Uh, and then I got gear or whatever. And then the promoter of the booker was like, we need to change your gimmick. Well, actually, I wanted to change my gimmick because, uh, you know, my favorite wrestlers are uh, Arn Anderson and Lex Luger and, and guys like that. And I was like, well, can I just be a dope wrestler? And they were like, no, you got to have a gimmick. And so they made me the all-American African-American. Um, and so I was like Carlton Banks. <laughs> we all just want this so, so like, please elaborate on what that means, because I'm very... Yes, please, because I didn't know. Um, I didn't know that you were the all-American. Yeah. I was the all-American yeah. African-American. So is that they like... Thought, they thought they that's awesome. Uncle Tom? Like what? How? Uh, I was like Kerwin White for black people. Uh, <laughs> I hated it so bad, and every time I tried to get, and every time I tried to get out of it, like the promoter was just like, "No," and they were like, "If you want to do something else, you just do something else, do it somewhere else." And that's really how I ended up started traveling to like Tennessee and eventually to Georgia, where like I went to Georgia, and I wish all of you guys could. I wish somebody would have videotaped my my expression and my face when I first walked into a locker room in Georgia, in Atlanta, where you know, being from North Carolina, it was like two, maybe three black wrestlers, and that was it. And then going to Georgia, and there was four, maybe five white faces in the locker room. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they all had I'm different. Not too Atlanta in general. I always. It, it, it just, but this was ten. This was like 10, 12 years ago. Ronnie it was like they all had different gimmicks. They weren't all the stereotypical black guys. They were just dope ass wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? And their gimmick was the fact that they were dope wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? And when I came back to North Carolina and I spoke out and was like, hey, well, this is what's going on in Tennessee and this is what's going on in Georgia and West Virginia and all these other places I went to, I was seen as a troublemaker for speaking out. And then because That's I'm true. I was told I'm, that you were an asshole when I first broke in and to watch yeah. out for you because you were a bad guy. And then when somehow I got conned into that match with you, details still unclear. I can uh, tell you how. I can tell you how, I, Ronnie. I was told that you were going to beat my ass and you were going to do this and that and that you took liberties with people and you were going to do this and the third and I was legitimately like like um so listen I have popped off and now I'm in a match and apparently he's hey, a shooter so what Ronnie, do I do, do you, you literally Ronnie. were the reason they taught me how to shoot Ronnie, they, you, from then you, on they were like no that's not gonna happen he's not gonna shoot on you we'll teach you everything how to protect yourself so that's when I learned how to protect myself and all the counter moves to our holds so that if you got crazy I knew what to do long long story short you were nothing like no you're an asshole for sure 
but you were nothing like what. Hey, uh, oh, I will never forgive you for nigga lucha and two weeks in Atlanta. Okay, so hold on. Okay. We'll talk about that. No. We'll, we'll talk about that. Black let's, women, let's, Huckabee. Okay? Hold on. Let's let's talk about that match because Ali and Jesus and a lot of people need to hear about this. All right, you want to know how that match came about? Came about, Ronnie. I was an innocent rookie. Do you want to know how, seriously, do you want to know how that match came about? I do, because I just okay. remember it was okay. on Twitter, and then you inboxed me, and it was happening, and I was like, oh. "Here's what anybody that knows, like anybody who knows me, knows me, knows that I am willing to give anybody a shot, especially young black wrestlers." And so, me and you had had the kind of like that little back and forth on Twitter and stuff. And, and you were like, you kind of challenged me to a match or I challenged you. I don't know. It's, it's been so long ago. But it was it came out to a point where it's like, anytime, any place, let's make it happen. And so I was like, all right, cool. And so I was very good friends with the promoters and the bookers of this company that ran in Elizabeth City. Um, Evolution Pro... What was it? New Evolution Wrestling or something. NEW? Yeah. Yeah, NEW. And so I talked to them about bringing you in for a match. And they and the promoter, one of the promoters was a female, uh, was not big on female wrestlers whatsoever. She felt that female, nobody was going to come to see female wrestlers whatsoever. And I was like, no, Ronnie's a really good fucking wrestler. Like, she can really go and she can go with women and she can go with men. I was like, I believe in Ronnie Nicole so much that I will give that you can give her my pay for the night and I will work for free just so you can give her a shot. Because I promise you, when you see her, you will love her. And so, literally and legitimately, I right-handed God, Ronnie, I basically paid for us to have that match because I believed in you so much. Because I believed in your talent so much. And I believe that if people would just be willing to look at you and give you a fair shot, that they would see in you what I saw in you. And so that's why I gave you so much shit. <laughs> Leading up to the match. You are not supposed to do this on Sunday sessions. Okay. Oh, mean, are you crying? No, are you no but like now I've got like feelings and I like care about you and I'm what? so grateful and I appreciate you. And now like I can't call you an asshole and like insult you like I was planning on doing. For the rest. But, but that's what, but that's getting to what Jesus is saying is like people, I've gotten such a bad reputation, especially in my home state of North Carolina for being an asshole and for being. Uh, for being this kind of being a shooter and being so aggressive and people don't understand that my assholishness and my aggression all that comes from my passion and my love not only for pro wrestling but for black wrestlers in general and wanting them to succeed because before I got into pro wrestling I was a grown man I'd already been in the military I already had a family with kids like I was already a grown man so I understood how the world worked you know what I'm saying and right. when, and and Unlike any other sport, and I think that G's and Ali and Barrington will both understand. I've always tried to use my little bit of power to help young upcoming wrestlers. And there's not only you, Ronnie, but there's been several wrestlers that I've wrestled on shows that I've worked for free and given up my pay just to get them on a show because I had because I had faith in their potential. And you're also creating a way to break those barriers, like you mentioned, of people not wanting to give black wrestlers a shot back in that time and sometimes to certain promotions still a degree now where they won't take the chance so you have to give make the chance yourself i um, call you a shitty wrestler tony right. Khan. oh let's back <laughs> barrington you're about to jump in um i don't know where to go from there oh. 
Don't call well, it don't call out know, Tony Khan like I did. You know, Florida yeah. is like kind of it's the South, but it's kind of its own contained system, so to speak. So for you, was your like experience within coming in and having people taking liberties with you and shit? Like, was anyone opening doors for you there? Or were you that like Huckabee? Were you the door opener for for Florida? And you know, as you got out, because you had a you had a huge run at MLW, like you've been around, you know? Um all things considered, I opened doors for myself. You know, it was to a point where I was about three years in and nobody on the East Coast of Florida, you know, Orlando on down, did not want to fuck with me at all. I was damaged goods from jump. When I first broke in, um, they gave me the typical big man, don't say anything, Mr. Hughes type gimmick before I changed my name to Barrington Hughes. And I dealt, dealt with that shit for six months. And then me and the guy that I was managing had a really nasty personal falling out. After that, changed the name, started doing my own thing. And um, no, it just, you know, people were taking advantage of me because they felt like I had an ego. And how dare you, when this was given to you, and you go and change your name and change your gimmick and think you're somebody and kind of, uh, going back to what G said about being the intelligent uh, black wrestler, I did that. I wore the suits. I did. I was basically Wilson Fisk my first year and a half, and nobody knew what to do. With me. Literally nobody. Everybody wanted to get me out of the suits, and and even one promoter wanted to turn me into a cowboy gimmick and call me Black Angus. That's on some fetishy bullshit. But we're not even going to get into that shit right now. I'm oh. sorry. Did you say Black Angus is in the beef? Yes. He a Hardy's burger. <laughs> he was, and and th- he was being. They should have just called him. No, he was. should have just called him Carl Junior. They're gonna do that. He was literally. He was a hundred percent gay, <gasps> honest. Like, wow. Should you not? It was. It was bad. It was real bad. Um. I had, I mean, even when I was doing the suit thing, like I, I started up a faction, like a rookie two shows in, and I'm already building this faction. And like they saw the reaction and they took it away from me just that quickly. They're like, oh, we don't, we don't know if we want to do this yet. And da, da, da. Needs to say three, four more shows down the line, they do the exact same thing, repackage under a lighter hue and a different name. Ah, uh, the great rebranding. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the great lightning, if you will. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So that happened. Um, after three years, they started. I started getting the "you're difficult to work with" uh, mantra, and I took it upon myself to go to the West Coast of Florida. I had to basically wrestle for pennies, but it gave me the opportunity to work against guys that wanted to work with me, get the reputation of you know in a positive light, and reintroduce myself to the world as no, this guy can fuck. You know, he's halfway decent. He can fucking go, and that started opening more doors for me to get out of state because that was probably one of the best things to happen was for me to be restricted from being in that comfort zone all things considered because if i would have been there i wouldn't have looked beyond what was already in front of me and what was already provided to want more to want better for myself and to want better for others that may follow behind me um so they able to travel to georgia to pennsylvania new york the carolinas Chicago, you know, shit like that, where everybody's like, how the hell is he doing this? And nobody knows who he is. I'm like, 
just doing my fucking thing. Leave me the fuck alone. Let me do my thing. That was it. So raise your hand if because you valued yourself, you wouldn't take pennies for pay and you want your match to be of a high caliber. You were branded as difficult to work with. Boop. So that's unanimous. Um, and I find that so interesting because individuals who are white and who are genuinely different, difficult to work with don't essentially get blacklisted or blackballed in the same way. Yes, Ali. I had a reputation for being an asshole as well. Um, I had a reputation for, for flipping out or, you know, putting my hands on. It's always giving somebody chances and chances and chances, you know, and when you're doing this stuff, like you're going to the, if you, when you're working in a promotion with somebody and every time you go, they're putting you with this person and you're saying they're, they're calling it a program, but this person is going out there. Now you're building this guy as being whatever he is. Right. And, you know, after the first couple of years, I never, I never looked back at people and and took what they were saying for me to do it for me. Like I, I understood off gate, I'm not gonna get it from anybody else. I'm gonna have to make me be who I'm supposed to be, and and who's gonna like they can't tell me because after the after the oh 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 man, just do an athletic gimmick card, just do this. Every time I would talk and try to bounce ideas off of people, they always had like, if my idea was hitting here and I was looking at trying to hit higher, everybody else's ideas for me were hitting down mid the knees. And I'm going, is this all y'all really expect? So my attitude, I was told I had an ego. I thought I was somebody just, just like we've been talking about. But it always came from just wanting, I guess I looked at it because I went homeless for this business. You know what I'm saying? I spent money getting, trying to get trained on this business. And I'm watching people walk around here, uh, coming in the door, getting, uh, getting paid $20, you know what I'm saying? $10 just to get on the show. But then you're, you're replacing me with him. You know what I'm saying? And, but then you turn around with a name coming in and you're spending your whole budget on the name. Tra training, snack car, living in the ring. I'm paying dues. You know what I'm saying? And I know what I did. You know what I mean? So now when I want something to be okay and I want it to be the right way and I want it to be done the right way and I'm, I'm expecting this person here who's supposed to be doing it like I'm doing it to know what he's doing. He falls through the damn loophole in the, in, in the match. And then I wound up having to beat his ass and protect the business that you guys are saying we're supposed to protect. Now it's, oh, he has an ego and he has anger issues. And, and but I'm going to be real. I kind of don't mind it when it comes to that, because once that reputation got out there, I never had anybody else try me in the ring. Never had anybody else try to take liberties with me. Promoters, they knew, they knew for a fact when they said this is the amount what of money they're going to give me. They knew right. exactly what it was, and I was a professional. <laughs> so I would come in, and I would do what I would do, and I'd shake the hands, and I would, you know, meet everybody, and then I would do the classical heel thing. I would let you get, let all the faces have the, have the room. I stand in the back, like 
I would be the professional. You, you just better have my shit when you're supposed to have it. And then they understood that. You know what I mean? They understood that shit. And then the workers and the people that would get in the ring with me, they understood that too. The ones that really know me and understand me, they are appreciative. And I say, I've said this on another interview before. That ain't shit you're taking from me in that ring. Because I ain't found a motherfucker that could do it. But everything, That's but everything that you want, I will give to you. As long as it makes sense. I'll take yeah. it from you. I'll take, take it from you. Huck, hey, Huck, been trying to take take shit from me for a lot, for a lot of I'm years. I want you to give him that. I want you to give him that <laughs> big old overhand. Please. I got I got a question for Jeezy. But look, I really do. Because like, uh, I feel like when Jeezy came to Atlanta for AEW, for AWE, I was like the only person in the building that marked out huge for the church's money. And like, I was lucky enough to like be comment to commentate that match. And like, it was one, it's very few times I've ever marked out for a wrestler. And like, Jeezy was one of the few people I like super marked out for. Um, but geez, because like we all work in the South and stuff. And so you're up in, in the, the upper Midwest, the upper East Coast. Um, we've seen what happened to like Swole with AEW and stuff. And like one minute they love you, the next minute they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like being a... a... There, there's still a few that are sprinkled here and there that they're a bunch of know-it-alls. But it's like, like I can I can tell by like, how they carry themselves in their age range that they're new and they're real impressionable. So they just allowing people that don't have their best interest to just get in their head. You know what I mean? So I just look at it like this young cat, he, he got a little time to still learn. You know what I mean? But overall they do give me that respect and I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, um, cause I, cause I was them, you know what I'm saying? It was a time where like, like I looked up to homicide and low key, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and all the other cats that came before me, you know what I mean? And then to be welcomed by them, you know what I'm saying? It, it was a big thing for me. So it's like now when these young cats, they give me my respect, you know, they come up and they want to know, uh, they, they want some advice and all this and that. I appreciate that, you know? Um, so yeah, they do give me that respect. That's, that's something I've noticed. Like when I first broke into the business, all the older black vets and Ali knows like all the old black vets that I know, Viper, Cold Cash, um, Pharaoh, like all of our older black vets in the North Carolina, Virginia area, like they gave us no, no help whatsoever. Like there's still a bunch of other black wrestlers that I hold a lifelong grudge against because I went to them and messaged them on like Facebook and even MySpace for advice. So they like completely no solely. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed with these younger black wrestlers, uh, when it comes to guys in our demographic, I guess, uh, guys who, with our experience, like we're we're the old uncle or we're the granddad. You know what I'm saying? We're like, hey, unc, hey, can you give me advice for this? Hey, can you look out for me? You know what I'm saying? And I just didn't know if they had the if it was the same in the Midwest. I mean, in the Northeast as it was down here in the South. Right, right. Like I said, man. It, it like I said, there's some sprinkled here and there, but overall, they're respect. They're they're respectful of here. You know what I mean? Um, I, I guess it's like people are people are tired of like allowing like like people to get into their heads and steer them in the wrong direction. So they, they, I don't know. They, they just, they just listen now. They listen. You know, did you have any, did you, I say, did you have any black vets? Cause I know Ali has Michael Devon, but did you have any? <laughs> me? Me? Yeah, I, I, I did. And it, it's a, it's a lot of cats like in, in, in the tri-state area that really, they were, they just like, 
state and that area for the most part. They got out a little bit. Like cats like Ron Starr, cats like um like Charles Gregory. There was a um there was a tag team up there when I broke in called Crash Crew. You know what I'm saying? They was they were real big up here. So like um Charles Charles was like one of my first trainers. Ron Starr was like was my first mentor in the game. Old dog, you know what I'm saying? Old dog was a Jersey All Pro. You know what I'm saying? Um like a lot of these a lot of these cats that came before me, they took they they always they pulled me to the side from the very beginning and like um and 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 broke things down for me. You know what I'm saying? And like and like from the time I started, you know, up to now, I can always go to them. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely did have a lot of a lot of old heads that looked out for me, definitely. I want to take the moment to shout out my old head on this call, Ali Steele, who was the only black vet in the state of North Carolina to give a fuck other really? than nemesis really what came to the house. shout out Pacabee. when i came in ali was actually coming down and training with uh at cw anderson's cousins training school every once in a while with the gorilla squad and i had just transferred there from um rwc in fayetteville and when ali found out there was a girl and a black girl down at dance he and the gorilla squad showed up and he was one of the only people who really like would pull me to the side, would give me advice, would make me brave because do I was you, very scared. Do I, you remember the conversation terrified. that we had the first time that we met when you came to the house? <laughs> yes, I do. I rode almost two hours with Victor Andrews to go talk to Ali and to sit under hey, his learning I tree, told her off and me. <laughs> first thing I, I walked out, I said, listen, Cause I looked at her and I saw Ronnie and I said, okay, I see what this is. I said, she can be phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? But let me ask you this one question. You want to, you want to show ass and tits or you want to, you want to hurt some people? I asked her the same thing, Ali. See, Barrington and G's, y'all met the very nice, the very nice older Ronnie Nicole. I met the Ronnie Nicole that said, Huck, you don't know what it's like to be a black woman in wrestling. You can't tell me anything. No. When I asked her that, when hey, when I asked her that, she said straight up, she said, "I want to, I want to hurt people. I want to fight. Like it is what it is." After that, <laughs> Ron, hey, Ronnie came out. <laughs> I met the. I met the <laughs> you met who, Hug? Who did you meet? I met who? the. You can't tell me nothing about being a black woman in wrestling, Will. No, well, you couldn't. At the time, oh, just tell me that because also, like, y'all have the experience of as black men, we have the same thing, but the thing is, with y'all, y'all still have a chance. You know what I mean? I'm here in North Carolina. Who are you, a fat black woman, trying to tell me? a cisgendered white man in the South, what makes sense and how to tell a story. That was literally how my reputation started. And then I had one poor match with a name who was out further than me because she was second generation. I remember that match. <laughs> and this young lady. Bitch. Okay. Bitch. <laughs> I'm not doing it with you. Okay. This young lady went up north and slaughtered my name. 
and told everyone I was a shooter and I tried to hurt her and I was difficult to work with and all this and that. And I could not get booked in New York and New Jersey and PA for two full years. And when a promoter was finally brave enough to tell me why, because I honestly was getting so frustrated of getting left on red, CW advised me not to, but I did it anyway. I was like, why am I not getting booked? Why do you keep reading my messages and not responding? He was like, that's not going to be a professional way to deal with it. I was young and at a point where fuck this shit. <laughs> and I wanted to know. The promoter told me that this young lady had spoken to them because they wanted to bring me in and re recommended that they did not because I had injured her in North Carolina and that I had been very difficult to work with and that the promoters in North Carolina didn't want to work with me either. So they shouldn't bother with bringing me up North. I have these messages saved with, you know, that put a very big damper in my entire career so much. So that's literally why I left. It was either quit wrestling here or leave the country. And I was fortunate enough that Japan saw me and was like, we want you. And I honestly don't think that would have happened if it hadn't been for Aja and Amazing Kong, because they were big black women who opened the door for big black women to go there and be received and respected. Because honestly, I felt more at home and more loved in Japan than I've ever felt wrestling in the States. And it was literally just because I didn't want to be taken advantage of. I didn't want to wrestle for $5, <laughs> especially if I was driving three hours and spending $18 on gas. And I didn't want to be in a situation where my, the story that I'm telling is that two-dimensional bullshit. Because a lot of times I do feel like it's the whole minstrel show shit. They want us to sing and dance and shuck and jive and be happy with the crumbs and not be the multifaceted, multidimensional people that we actually are. And that's, you know, different as a woman, but I've also come to understand that fear holds a lot of people down and fear holds a lot of people. Our white counterparts, terrible transition, by the way. I'm not gonna, I'm not that chick angel, so I can't. Okay, we're playing wrestling Jeopardy. I hope everybody has their thinking hats on that you guys are up on your wrestling trivia, history, and facts. You better know the WrestleMania matches because that's going to be in there. Okay. Why is that shit? <laughs> okay. It won't be that bad. <laughs> I promise. It won't be that bad. <laughs> but we are playing, you know, we're playing for keeps. We're playing for keeps. So we've got two things on the line there is a 25 dollars gift certificate for you the wrestler to a restaurant of your choosing and then there is a 25 dollars donation to a philanthropic organization of your choosing and the reason that we're doing this is because of everything i do in real life um, i'm the cultural arts director for the george floyd memorial center i am the political education working group group co-chair um as well as on the core team for fed up i work with raise up um, Women's International League for Peace and Freedom in COBRA. So I do a lot of philanthropy and I want people to do the same and to connect with those organizations that are meaningful to you. So the winner of this game will have a donation made in their name to that organization of their choice, as well as the gift card. And so we are gonna play Wrestling Jeopardy. Big shout out, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. I can't believe he's gone guys, honestly. I grew up with that man. Mustache, no mustache, goatee briefly. He always made me feel so smart. But we're going to play Wrestling Jeopardy. Are you guys ready for this? Yep. Yeah. All right, let's okay. do it. All right. So 
This is everybody go on mute. Okay. Sorg, I'm going to need your help. Um, and also big shout out to Sorg, who is producing again, Sunday Sessions, Volume 2. We love you, Sorg, and Sorgatron Media. Um, but Sorg, I need you to keep an eye on people who come off mute as well. Okay. So that I can make sure it's fair. All right. Can you guys see the screen? Yes. Okay. So we're going to say team one. That's going to be you, Ali. Okay. Team two, that's going to be you, G's. So make sure you remember your, uh, what your team name is. All right. Barrington, you are team three. All right. And saving the somewhat okay for last. <laughs> you're gonna be team four okay so everybody remember who and what you are okay so i'm gonna pick just because it's gonna be easier that way and it'll be easier to say who's gonna come off i don't can you guys see the categories hold on i want to make sure you can see them okay so the categories are we have moves Like <laughs> Jaeger, <laughs> you guys get it? It moves like Jagger, but okay. I'm not gonna go into it. I thought it was clever. And then you're going to tell what the move is, okay? For L-I-K-E, all of the answers are gonna start with an L, an I, a K, or an E. For Jaeger, this is going to be something alcohol related, okay? But it's wrestling and alcohol related. For general, that could be your general wrestling question. And then for versus, it's not like the awesome versus that we watch. By the way, Bone Thugs and 3-6 was so good. I just, oh, this is going to be the match. So you have to give who actually won the match. And to make it easier, I do tell you the WrestleMania that it's from to try to help you out. Okay? All right. Ali, you look so stressed. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Don't worry. It's going to be so fun. Okay? All right. Sorg is on it. So, Sorg, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on you to tell me who unmutes first. So I'm watching you in chat, okay? All right, guys. So we're going to start with general for 100. All right, everybody ready? All right. This person coined the phrase, can you smell? Who was it, Sorg? Who came off mute first? Okay. Come on. Come <laughs> on. It was it was me. Come on, sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. I'm thinking of a number between one Nine. and ten. Ali seven. go. Uh Barrington go. Seven. Ali said seven. Barrington, what do you say? No, Ali said nine. Yeah, okay. Barrington says seven. seven. Ali says nine. Huck, what do you say? Four. Okay, and G. Six. Okay, it actually was four. Bam. So. <laughs> uh, who is The Rock? All right. Who is The Rock? Four, so that point will go to you. Oh, wait, no, that's not minus. Okay, there we go, plus. There we go, my bad. Can I take points from you now? No, I won't do that. <laughs> actually innovated by Kyoko Inou under the name Victoria Driver. Who was it, Sorg? I saw Barrington, but I don't know. Yes, Barrington, go. It is the Burning Hammer. What is the Burning Hammer? Oh, Barrington! Nice. All right. 
You guys are doing really good at this. <laughs> I was actually thinking the questions were going to be harder. How you doing over there, Ali? Doing okay? You're going to do over there? Okay. I'm not even going to tell you what I was going to say. <laughs> Jesus. Um, can we do verses for 200? Verses for 200. Okay. Yokozuna versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 10. Who was it, Sorg? I saw Huck, but I don't want to say that. Yep. Okay. Huck? Who is Yokozuna? Because Hulk Hogan came in afterwards. He's like, go, go, Hulk, go. Yeah, I remember that on the battleship. Oh! It was not Bret Hart. Yokozuna won WrestleMania 9, Bret won 10. Oh! Sorry, Huck. You are now. Who was WrestleMania 10? Really? Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, me and you don't. What? <laughs> Obviously, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember them having a second match whatsoever. Yeah. So quick okay. Point, it was... Who hasn't picked a category? Because we got wrong, so I'm just going to go. Um, geez, pick one, please. Uh, let's go with um, moves for 400. All right. Moves for four. This move's creation is credited to Taka Mishinoku. Who was it, Sorg? You guys have to go on mute and then unmute. Ah, because you were okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Glad it was a pause. <laughs> right. Um. So let's do Jaeger for three hundred. Okay, Jaeger for three. Owns Terramana Tequila. Who was it, Sorg? Damn it. Huh? Who is The Rock? That is. I'm about to say it's a pretty shitty that was tequila. Way good. Don't feel bad, guys. It's a pretty shitty tequila. Is it not good? <laughs> it's not good whatsoever. Oh, for real? I, I, wanted, I, wa I wanted to try it. It's not worth it. No, but you should definitely try it, proper. It's all right. Try it, man. It's all right. It's, it's, it's not. Is it, <laughs> is it smooth or is it like I just drank tequila and now my butthole knows? No, it's <laughs> not. Nah, nah. It's, it's actually okay, but people that drink tequila are like, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go with the Don Julio. You know yeah. what I mean? But, oh, it's, it's always go with Zon. Okay. <laughs> I, but, hey, hey, geez, I will recommend Proper 12, which is Conor McGregor's whiskey. I all will right, recommend cool. that. I'm gonna try that. All right. Uh, He's let me do more of an attitude for me. Let me do. Let me do Jaeger for four hundred. All right, Jaeger for four. Inspired a little bit of the bubbly brand champagne. Who was it? Oh come on! Or I was faster than you that time, man. <laughs> Hey, Stuart. Hey, Stuart. This is a conspiracy, bro. Who is Chris Jericho? <laughs> Who is Chris Jericho is correct. Way to go. Jeez, <laughs> you doing okay over there? Sorry, Jeez. I'm not That's doing all. Hey, 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 Hughes, we're going to have to have a talk, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You right. guys get on the board. All right. Barry, pick your pick. All right. Uh, Let's do L-I-K-E for 200. All right. L-I-K-E for 200. Johan 
Yosefson is a master grappler from this country. <laughs> gotcha, bitches. <laughs> yes. Hughes, who is it? Or where? Where is Lithuania? Incorrect. Yeah. Wrestling? I, I threw some hard ones in there, guys. You know, Iceland has wrestling? Yes, dude. They actually have a special type of wrestling that was only practiced in Iceland like way back in the day. And this guy was like the father of it and had like a bunch of matches back in like, what was it, 18 something? Gotcha. Style, you know, wearing the little. I gotta brush up on my history a little bit more, dude. I'm telling hey, take you his points away. Take his points away. The hell with that. Hey, take his points away. That's all I care about. What? They were already, they were already deducted. <laughs> minus two hundred. They were already deducted. He got the minus. He got the minus. Hug, jeez. Okay, Ali, y'all got time to get on the board. Let's do this. Okay, working on it. Working on it. All right, now Ali, you get to pick because he got that wrong and you haven't. Uh, picked any categories, so this is your time to shine. We're gonna do general for five hundred. All right, general for five. Chief Lone Eagle was not indigenous, but what other ethnicity? Y'all don't really know. You know, you could just guess. <laughs> Do you guys need a hint? No? Okay. Barry just said no hint. Y'all better not Google either. I see too much moving around. Jeez, who is it? Go. All right. When is it? All right, so hold up. Is this, you asked it for the ethnicity or the-, or the That they name? actually were. So yeah, so Chief Lone Eagle, he wasn't actually Native American. The guy All right, who what it, actually was, what was the guy who was, you know, portraying him? Uh, what, uh, he oh, uh, what is Italian? Eh. What is Mexican? Uh, See, Robbie, you know what? You know what? I, meant, I meant to say what is Mexican. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, <if> <laughs> hey, Ron, if you asked me who was like, what was Jay Eagle, I could have got that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. If you said, I knew it hard. Jay Eagle. <laughs> like, what is Jay Eagle? I'm like, oh, I got that one. He's a white guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a white dude from South Carolina. I know him. <laughs> Ali, I'm gonna let you pick again since G's got that wrong and everybody else is on the board except for you. So I'm gonna let you go again. We'll do uh, moves for 300. Okay, moves for 300. Made popular by Gotch, this move was once a match finisher. Who was it, Sorg? I don't like, I see people off mute already. So I oh, come on. Like, there were people who weren't muted. So is, is, is hold on, man. Is he about to say I'm yeah? Because I don't think Baron is already I'm muted. Going to pick because it, y'all both unmuted at the same time, and I saw that on my screen. So I'll be great to that that give him the opportunity. I will give him the opportunity to get it wrong. That's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. You said what? He's. I'll give him the opportunity to get it wrong. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh. Uh, All right. Uh, Hughes is bequeathed the answer to who? G's or Huck? Hughes? Barrington? Yeah, G's. Okay, G's, who is it? Uh, what is the power drive? 
There we go. All right. You have officially it, been repaid. I ain't got <laughs> nothing else during the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as of right now, Ali, you're not on the board, but that's okay. Things can still change. Uh, we've got G's. Hey I, hey, I officially have more points than um, number two. That's actually true. Geez, you were That's negative two hundred points. That was why we, I fouled out. We working on it. We were we working on it. Geez is currently a plenty of game left to play. Sorry. Uh, Barrington is winning, and uh, Huck, you're just doing you're doing all right. I feel so. <laughs> okay, who just got that right? I did. Geez yes, got it right. Okay. <clears throat> all right, so. Let's go with um. Let's go with. Let's stay with moves for two hundred. Moves for two. Okay, this high flying move used to exit the ring is popular in lucha style wrestling. Ali, is it a plancha? What is a plancha? What is a tope? Tope suicide is what we were looking wah, for. Wah, wah. I was gonna say dive. Does dive count? No, that does not count. That would be a plancha, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be a plancha. Sorry, Ali. Mm. Okay, wah, wah, wah. Um, Barrington. Since you were highest score, you get to pick. Okay. Uh, let's go general two hundred. All right, general for two. This person was Mula's first black student. Barrington, you were already unmuted, but make, so make sure you mute and then unmute. No, I muted. I muted and unmuted. Oh, you already know? Who is it? Sweet Georgia Brown. <laughs> or who is Sweet Georgia Brown? Excuse me. No, 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 Ronnie. No, Ronnie. I'm calling foul. He did not answer that in the form of a question. Oh. Did did okay. he say I didn't I didn't so this is what I'm gonna do. I'm giving ah. my points. I'm giving my points to Ali. Can we do you that? No, you can't give okay. me points. You have to take away points. No, hey, I gave Ali because he said that's what hey. he wanted. So hey, because hey, guess what? I was gonna say uh Michael Devine. <laughs> <laughs> Dog. He is cheating, Ronnie. Yo, <laughs> hey. Hey, I didn't know if it, if it was the first black or the last black. I didn't know because you know he, right. was, he was trained by her. So he I was trained know. by her. Yes. Hey, I, hey, I didn't <laughs> know. The mom was trained by Mula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, dude, he was like one of her last few students. And holy shit! Well, and, was, and that made Michael Devon what like seventy <laughs> two? Stupid! I wish I could put you on mute. <laughs> Okay. Um, so you gave your points to Ali. Does that mean you want to give his picking turn, or do you still want to take the turn to pick Barrington? He can pick as well. Okay. Ali, go ahead and pick. Boy, that Barrington boy is a class act. Class act. All the way. He's a class act. Let's do um (laughs) L-I-K-E. For 500, please. All right. L-I-K-E for 500. Remember, it'll start with one of these letters, okay? 
This wrestler was the oldest of three brothers and famous in the 1940s and the 1950s. <laughs> what are you looking like? <laughs> yes, Barrington. Who is Kaniski? No, I'm looking for Oof. Enrique Torres. Huck, you're still low on the board, okay? So play nicely. Hey, All I right. don't answer the questions right as long as he keeps answering them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you Huck is a true heel. Oh, through and through. Through and through. Yes. <laughs> Bell pepper nose and all. Full of murk. <laughs> Jeez, I'll allow you to pick next. But um let's go with L I K E for four hundred. All right, L I K E for four. This wrestler was known as the Russian Bear. Uh geez, who is that? Who is Ivan Kolov? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jesus on the board. I Jesus. pressed the wrong daggone button there. <laughs> One. Two, two, team two. two. Okay, there we go. Okay, That's what I'm talking hey, about. I'm hey, hey, G, she was trying to give me your points, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciated the point. We kind of hey, Bar- you know. hey Barrington, I'm coming for you, bro. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't die tired. Don't do it. Everybody, let's go with uh, let's go with L I K E for three hundred. All right, L I K E for three. This wrestler is the founder of Reality of Wrestling. And please remember, it has to start with the letter. So your answer has to be right. Jeezy, do you know? I thought I did, but I don't. Remember, it has to start with L-I-K or E. No one? Nigga, we all thought it was Booker T, homie. I know. What? That's, what I, that's what I thought. King. Oh, 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 has to start with oh, 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 so that. So that was actually a hint. She actually gave us a hint, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know. I already know. Sure. So I agree with you, bro. I agree with you. Oh, boo you. You're a You're a hard host. You're a hard host. Boom. I'll just worry. Ronnie, you, Ronnie, you are the heel. Ronnie, boom. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> you guys, come on. This is like Squid Game. Come on. I'm going to swear All right. <laughs> All right. Um, Ali, pick. And we're going to do two more so that we can stay on track with time. I'm going to go Jaeger for 500, please. All right. Jaeger for five. Prefers red wine to bourbon, according to his drink to drink interview in July of 2015. Uh, Let me give you a hint. He's very tall. And he's still pretty jacked, even though he's an old dude. And 
Uh, I can't. Oh, because I don't give it away. His last name rhymes with hash. We all know who it is now. It was me, first of all. I, I, I think, I think Huck, yeah, Huck, Huck went off mute first. I saw that. Okay, hold on. I'm going to I'm gonna verify. Yes. Uh, Sorg is also saying Huck. Who is it, Huck? Who is Nash? There we go. Hey, you know why I know that, Ronnie? Why? Because I tried to give him some of my moonshine at WrestleCade a few years ago, and he only drinks red wine. <laughs> <laughs> So your peer pressure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Alcohol is what yes. helps you with this. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Okay, Hawk. Okay, we'll do two more. So you pick the last one or pick the second to last one. Second to last one. Let me get verses for 100. All right. Verses for one. Hogan versus King Kong Bundy, WrestleMania 3. I saw Hughes come off, but I want to confirm with Sorg that it was Hughes and not G's because I can't see the screen at the same time. Is that correct, Sorg? It was G's. It was G's. Okay. Uh-huh. <sighs> Sorg is saying he missed. I'm going to, uh, because I saw Hughes, but I didn't see G's. I don't know. So uh, G's and Hughes pick a number between one and ten. Five. Who said five? Hughes? Okay. And G's? Three. It's two. Jeez. All right. Uh, who is Hulk Hogan? Who is Hulk Hogan is correct. All right. Jeez, where were you? Two? Yeah. Wait, wait, two. wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I'm going to contest Uh-oh. that question. I'm going to contest that question. That's the wrong WrestleMania. Oh? That's a trick question. It Hulk is Hogan, the wrong WrestleMania. WrestleMania 3. They competed at WrestleMania Two. two. It is. Okay. Yes. WrestleMania so, 3 is Hogan I versus uh, Andre. Andre, it's, yeah. Um, because I typed a two instead of a three in my haste to make the game, no one gets any points. Ah. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll pick. Okay. <laughs> All right, so who picked picked, that one? um, No, who picked it originally? I did. Yeah, so pick again. All right, let me get moves for 100. All right, finishing moves for 100. This move utilizes the arm and the pectoral as the means to bump the opponent with force. Huck. Uh, What? Is a clothesline. Bitch, bump with force. That's a ladiato. I want to contest. I want to contest. I want to contest. I want to contest. I want to contest that. There's a difference between a lariat and a clothesline. And the lariat is the one where you force the clothesline. No, 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 Yes, that's why this answer is lariat. No, 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 no. A cl- no. The difference between a lariat and a clothesline is placement. Okay, yeah. placement and and no, no, no. and. Okay. Because keeping in mind, I'm going Japanese style. Uh huh. No, no, no. Bump for you. I've or- made a career on a lariat. No, no, no. Not a clothesline. Clotheslines from hell is still a clothesline. It's a, it's a strong ass clothesline. 
No, the a, that's the wrong man. Yeah, but anyway, I don't care if he's on WWE or not. It's the wrong. The Stan no, Hansen no. did not throw a clothesline. No, he threw a lariat. But the now, difference between a pull-off through a clothesline. Excuse me. The difference between a clothesline and a lariat is placement. There's multiple differences. No, there's only one. No, it's on not for just this one. Question. It's not just one. It's placement. So, it's right. follow-through. It's force. There's multiple. No, no so, you're wrong. I, I, still, no. No. Hug. No. Hug. No. Hug. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I don't. For this question, I was focusing on the one aspect that goes into the move itself, and that was whether the person has to bump or not. And with a clothesline, the person's taking their own bump. With a lariat, you are at physically causing them to bump. So, for the clothesline, you frame the face. A lariat mm-hmm. is pectoral, framing the face, Ooh. follow through. No, going to pectoral. Excuse me. The, hmm? No, because a lariat is high. <laughs> I'm just gonna take these points away for arguing. How about that? <laughs> I mean, might as well at this point. <laughs> you thought you were going. Who did? Who did? No, a la- because Alaria is all arm. Huh? Oh, no, it's all no, it is not. A clothesline is almost all arm. Nikita Koloff does a clothesline. No, Hulk Hogan. Hanson did a lariat. Look a clothesline. How, how you doing over there, Huck? A clothesline <laughs> is shoulder and is arm and chest. A clothesline is a shoulder tackle with your arm. A lariat is all arm. You know, no, I, I know people. Have, you, I know people have said that, but a lariat is not all arm. Yes, right. it is. No, no. I, I know. I know. You're looking at. You're looking at uh, Barry Wyndham's flying lariat. No. If you look he at does Stan throw Hansen, all arm. All arm. Stan Hansen bringing uh, people over. Who got, who got the question actually right? Nobody gets the point, Ronnie. Nobody gets the point. He just deducted the point. I still win. No, because no, you didn't get the point deducted. You didn't get the point deducted. No. What is the top between me and Barrington? Nope. Got to do the right thing and take that hundred from him. Nope. Okay, it's a tie between me uh, and Barrington. We got a double Jeopardy. But you ain't getting no win. Final Jeopardy. Okay, this is the last one. No, uh, okay. that was the last one. No, that you were the... second. You were second to last. No, no, no. That was the last question. That was the last Your one. So it's being... Yes. So it's Your being pick was second to last. Okay. Oh Jesus! You just don't want me to win. I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right. Versus for five. Boo. Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Read all of that. It looked like Barrington. It was not. It was me. Who was it? Sorg, were you actually watching this time? It was, was it Hulk. Hulk? Yes. Son of a bitch. Fine. Who is <clears throat> Kurt Angle? Was it Kurt Angle? It was Brock Lesnar. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. I remember who won that match. All of them was shooting star press. Oh wow. wow! How did this work out for you? Huh? Wow. wow! 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 How the turns the table? Wow! My how the turns the bottle shooting star press. That's it. 
That's all I remember. The bot shoot to start wearing. This went just like a heavyweight championship. <laughs> Congratulations uh, to the winner. Um, I am not surprised. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I got cheated the last question. You will receive a $25 gift card as well as um, $25 to an organization of your choosing. I will definitely get with you to get those details, but congratulations. Rolling quickly because we've got to wrap this up, guys, but I do want to touch on this very last topic. Something we've all experienced, something that we're all familiar with. All skin folk ain't kin folk. And we know that is true in life as we have seen the Amorosas and the Ben Carsons in our political system, but in the wrestling... GCW for the cultures. <laughs> huh. Hey, you said you want the real. I'll be real. Let's can we talk about that? Can we talk about go, GCW for the culture? Can we talk about GCW for the culture? We can't. Just do it. Just go. <laughs> I'm just saying you said all skin folk Ain't kinfolk. I'm just saying. Can we can we say that GCW is not really for the culture? Well, now I mean, are we really speaking? The culture about, are we speaking about the organization because we know that GCW is not run by a person of color, or are we speaking about the individual who runs this particular portion of GCW that conveniently pops up every once in a round? Uh, yes, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk, let's let's just talk about that show where it's not representative of the whole culture, but just you know those wrestlers who are very popular in the Twitter in the wrestling the black wrestling Twitterverse. Can we can we talk about that? I mean, I guess we already are. Huh? Get into it. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> you can't say that your show is for the culture when you ain't got people who actually represent the culture on your show when you got a bunch of. Sambos and I, I'm not gonna say Uncle Tom's because if you read the book Uncle Tom's Cabin, you, you realize Uncle Tom was the most gangster person in the book, and that he did what he did so other people could survive and so the slaves could be free. That's for all you ignorant people who don't read. I'm actually cultured. Um, but for, for all you know, pickaninnies and lawn jockeys and kiss asses and Samuel Jackson's and Django, uh, what, what was his name? What was his name in Django? Samuel Jackson. I don't remember his Steven, character. Jonathan. Steven. It was Steven. 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 From the Django. Oh, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. Huh? It Who's was really Steven. Steven. Yes. Um, terrible, I'm just saying. For all of y'all who are like part of the culture, but not really part of the culture, you can't say this is for the culture and not have us who represented the culture for decades and not give us our due. You can't say, oh, this is for all black people, but not have real black people on the show. It's just your, you know, your Twitter buddies. You know what I'm saying? The ones yeah, that what are. What do you mean? Because, you know, we get that a lot. What do you mean oh, by. I mean, the, I mean, like, you only have black wrestlers who are approved by white people. That's um, safe. Black. No, they're safe. They're the mm. same corporate Ooh. white people. Or they're the white, okay. they're the black people who make white people laugh. Well, you know, let's get into it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying that because I was told I would never be on the For the Culture show, and I'm the most ninja of all ninjas in all of ninja. Though I I can agree <laughs> that you are mayor, emperor, and CEO of Ninjadom Incorporated and Ninja. The, the only other the only other person that might be taking my crown is the Ninja Taker. <laughs> we love Ninja Taker. <laughs> 
has elevated wrestling in so many creative ways. But, no, but, but seriously, though, I'm just saying, you can't have a show that says for the culture, but you don't have the people who laid the groundwork for you young black people to actually wrestle. You can't have a for the culture show and you don't have a black G's or ruckus on the show. You know what I'm saying? You can't have a, a for the culture show and you don't have any historic black, older black wrestlers who've been in the business for 30, 40 freaking years. You can't say this is for the culture, but you don't, but you don't honor the pioneers. You just honor the people or you just want your little blow buddies who are popular on Twitter because you haven't done your history. If we're going to be real, let's be real. Jeez, Ali, Barrington, tell me if I'm wrong. You see these shows, they have all these black wrestlers, and you're like, who are these kids? Oh, that's your friend on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's just be real. Hey, I'm going to be real with you, Huck. I've seen a lot of guys, a lot of these young dudes, young black guys, and I'll go to these shows, and some shows will be crossing over and you know, people that I haven't seen and they're new and all that stuff, but I know that they're out there and they're pretty good. But they look at me like, oh, who is that? Or, or, oh, man, who is, oh, he's been in the business for a minute, but they always look at me instead of coming and speaking and, and oh, what's up, man? How you doing? It's always looking at me kind of like, uh, like they can't associate with me. Let's look, here's, 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 here, I'm, I'm going to prove it to you right now, Ali. Hey, geez, when you came to Atlanta, and that locker room was 97% black. Besides myself and maybe one or two other black wrestlers, how many other black wrestlers came up and gave you your due? I remember, bro. What, was it more than five? I don't think it was more than five. Wow. Exactly. I don't think exactly, it was. Exactly, Barrington. You have black G's in the locker room and no like, other. And literally, there were 17 black wrestlers on that show. Yeah, I remember. Like, I remember you came up. Shields came up. Um, I think I think AC Matt came up. I think I don't I don't I don't really remember a lot, you know. Uh, unless I'm drawing a blank. But yeah. But they, but they want us to say this is for the culture. But you know what I'm saying? They don't, but they don't give honor to the culture. They don't represent the culture. You know what? I don't, but you know what, though, Hug? I think a lot of these guys now, especially the ones that have come out in the past five or six years, they don't understand what it was like to be black sitting in, in a locker room. You know what I'm saying? Because I can tell you, I've never pitched. I've never fetched everything that I've gotten in this business. I kind of. I kind of had to take it, you know. It was kind of where the gorilla squad, yeah. It was kind of where the gorillas came from because I was like, "Look, they didn't want all of us. They still don't like the gorilla squad, but they can't deny us." You see what I mean? Because as long as you put your matches together, as long as you do business, as long as you do what you you know do the things that you need to do in there. If you're heel, get that face over. If you're face, get yourself over, and then make your heel look good. As long as you do the things that you're supposed to do, they cannot deny you. They can hate on you, but then they wind up doing, like you said, they go back behind your back and they say stuff like, he's difficult, he's an asshole, he's a, he has an ego, he doesn't like to do business. But then once they get in the ring with you, they understand, oh, he'll do business and he will make me look good. But then the people that actually, the blogs and and these people that are, that are the that are on Twitter and all these other spots that actually push all this stuff out, like these these awards and everything else, you never get mentioned, you don't get any names. You know, I'm at that point now, man. I'm just trying to make whoever I can touch better. 
like this is this is my topic right here, man. I'm I, I'm so passionate about this because I see, I guess, as that middle generation of like coming in at 2005, 2006. So it's like I was trained by the old territory and attitude era guys, but I'm still young enough to hang out with these new age kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I'm super passionate about giving guys like you, Ali, and UGs and Ruckus and everybody else their props. Because it's like, if it wasn't for you guys, there would be no me. There would be no Barrington Hughes. There would be no, uh, uh, what's his name? No, there, there, there would be no black wrestlers on TV. There'd be no Sean Dean or no Carly Bravo. There would be no, you know, private party. Like, these young black wrestlers don't realize that. You know what I'm saying? And they don't realize so, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, finish your thought. I mean, yeah, they just don't realize, like, without the guys that came in the early 2000s that's not getting the props and the recognition that they deserve now, they wouldn't be able to do what they do. Right. And I do think that there is a big issue with other Black wrestlers, because I forget who mentioned it in the beginning, um, who won't help and won't reach out. Because just like whoever said, I think it was you, Huck, you know, you sent a lot of messages in the beginning of your career to try to connect with wrestlers who were your vets and they weren't on, you know, scene. And the same thing happened to me. You know, I know <laughs> the same thing happened to me and we are going to have to wrap soon because uh, we're way over time. But I will say that paying it forward and making sure that um, you open those doors and that you as a wrestler of color, as a black wrestler, whatever you identify as, as in, you know, this marginalized community, that you are aware of who opened the door for you and that you also open the door for someone else because it is not we all, there's only so many seats at the table because we are not a monolith and we are also unique and so different. There are multiple seats for us to sit at a very large table and share in this beautiful, brutal art that we all love and participate in and really want our lives to be, you know, enriched by because we didn't just start wrestling for no reason. We fell in love with this art. We fell in love with the sport because of how it made us feel and how connected we felt to the stories that were being told and portrayed in front of us. And it is the hope that through conversations like this, through the new generation of wrestlers, through these veterans that I'm speaking with now, who keep speaking out and who keep opening doors and helping these other generations realize our history is so much broader than what is shared with us, that our connection to wrestling is so much deeper that is than is what is, is shown to us and shared with us. You know, even the guys on this call said they learned something and that is beautiful. But it's also sad that we don't even know about our own wrestling history as Black wrestlers. And that is, is not touted and celebrated in the same way, you know, as the gotchas and the flares. When we have been here, you know, just as long, and if not longer, you know, we won't even go into lamb wrestling in Nigeria, which is a totally different thing, but has been around since, you know, the beginning of time. Ancient wrestling traces back to Sumerian times. And of course, with the motherland, you know, we've always been connected to this. So I want to say thank you guys. I'm so sorry that we couldn't dive into that a little bit more. Um, and I want to give everybody a second to plug your stuff where you are, um, <clears throat> starting uh, with Ali, and then we will move on down the line. So we'll go Ali, Huck, Barrington, and G's, and then G's send it back to me and we'll close out. Yep. All right, quick. Uh, I'm on all social medias except for Twitter under A.Steel. So if anybody wants to contact me or continue any kind of talks or just reach out and say, what's up, man? Uh, I'm on Facebook, 
Instagram and TikTok for uh, under A dot Steel. That's about all. Uh, find me on Facebook, William Huckabee, Twitter, uh, WA Huckabee, Instagram, and uh, TikTok because my kids got me into TikTok. So I'm like William Huckabee on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, for all you people that say, oh, I support black wrestlers, uh, look up my tag team, the All-Star Special on uh, – look us up on, on all social media and stuff. Man, we got you know we got T-shirts, you know, shot glasses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, February 12th uh, is myself and Hold My Bare Hands single be a viral pro wrestling. Uh, just celebrate my sweet 16 in pro wrestling, man. So I think as wrestlers go, I'm getting old already. I'm getting that upper echelon, man. Hey, you getting that, man? I'm, I'm 21 <laughs> in. You good? You still look good, bro. Um, I'm on most social medias uh, under Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, Facebook. B H Doom with three O's. B H D O O O M. Uh, watermaneuver.net slash collection slash bearings Hughes for all my merch. Uh, follow me on Twitch under It's Husey Poo for my gaming stuff if you're interested in gaming. Um, I do look to be returning to the ring in the near future once I get some final logistics sorted out, but I am definitely looking forward to celebrating uh, going into my 11th year in the professional wrestling business, uh, elevating and promoting the status of Black wrestlers as a whole. Jeez. All right, uh, you can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Everything is G's215, J-E-E-Z-215. Um, you can catch me at uh, NWA on February the 12th in Oak Grove, Kentucky. Um, at the end of February, I'll be celebrating 22 years in the game. You know what I'm saying? It's been a long road. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, March, March 5th, catch me in Jersey for On Point Wrestling. Uh, March 12th, catch me in Queens, New York for NEW Wrestling. Also in March, um, some NWA tapings coming up in March. Um, appreciate you for having me on this, Ronnie. Appreciate appreciate getting on here with all with all you good brothers. You know what I mean? It was a good time. Love to do it again. Absolutely. And thank you, G. Thank you, man. Ali. Thank you, Huck. And thank you, Barrington. I really appreciate all of you as my vets and everything that you've poured into me and my career. Ali, I still utilize the write down what your character is. And I pass that on to everyone I talk to because that's what you taught me. I want to thank you guys for joining in for Sunday Sessions, Volume 2, Episode 5. You have watched some dynamic conversation. Please make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe my channel as well as all the socials for these guys who are on. I'm Ronnie Big Bang Nicole, the Joshi Queen Supreme. Find me on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube. This was Sunday Sessions Episode 5, and we will see you guys for Episode 6. Peace, love, and wrestling.